Satnam says in his book, one of our great strengths, our values, is multiculturalism. You come from Ireland originally. And what were the kind of attractions for the UK and London to you when you first came? And in, in what way do you think things have changed since, since you first arrived here? Well, coming to London when I did, which was at the beginning of the 90s, mostly that was a an employment decision. So the, the range of opportunities in London were so much bigger. And I think even relative to what I expected, the UK then was much more open and much more inclined to reward effort and enterprise, no matter where it came from. It was properly meritocratic. You've spoken before, very interestingly, about the role of regulation that's come in post-2008 and how, in a funny sort of way, a sort of ethics into operation. Tell me about that, what, what you feel about the way in which values and behaviours have, have been changed since 2008. Human nature is such that it will, in large part, move to the edge of acceptability in pursuit of, of growth and reward. So um, it's not surprising. I'm not making any great claim for the financial services industry other than following the crash, the role of regulation has risen in the mix. And those regulators have had a positive and beneficial effect on how banks have operated since. And we've seen that over the course of the last 12 months through the pandemic, how well the banking sector while it's not perfect, has at least continued to offer finance to companies and individuals without interruption, which has been a very good thing. It does give me pause to think about companies where there maybe is no external force to question the operation of the business and the values of the business. So if it's a private company, what is the mechanism And there are some very large private companies with big purchase on society in terms of infrastructure and provision of services that maybe have no oversight at all. So the question then becomes, is that a good thing? And there are a couple of of interesting recent examples to, to illustrate this, which is you can see that people won't necessarily respond well to questions of value because they think it's it's abstract and it's ethereal and I would say entirely the opposite. Look what's happened to KPMG and to McKinsey over the course of the last two weeks and or months in terms of publicity. The problems at McKinsey go back quite a bit further than that. But to be helping the Sacklers sell more opioids as a matter of strategy without anybody standing back from it and saying, should we be doing this, is an extraordinary thing. KPMG lost their chairman for the most extraordinary outburst of what would appear to be pre-colonial opinion. What did he do that was so wrong there, apart from maybe be sort of quite emotionally honest, talking to the troops, you know, saying, you know, you should be lucky, you guys, you've still got a job and, you know, you're still doing good work. I think it was not, if you take one comment in isolation, it's not the stop moaning that, that probably did for him. (laughs) The manifestation of what he's saying is indicating years of probably dated thinking. If you're standing back from the situation now and looking at what's changed in the pandemic, I think it's not acceptable 
to show no understanding of the pressures and concerns that your staff are dealing with. The ability to listen, the desire to listen, the patience required, it's a bigger part of the job now than it was. You're responsible for the success of the organisation and the continuing welfare of those hundreds of people who work with you and for you as well, aren't you? Tell me, tell me about how your attitude towards that has changed. The restrictions, the difficulties that people have faced brings that more into view. It crystallises those particular problems in a way that we would not necessarily have quite focused in on in the past. People showing signs of irritation and fray around the edges. You would have noticed it in the past, but you're more concerned about it now. And it's become more a feature of life. So it's easier for the staff member to concede that they're having some problems. And it's easier for us to try as an organization to accommodate that, whether it's less time in front of the screen, it's more flexible timetables. The organization has become a bit more respectful of people's time off. So late in the evening and over the weekend, Mm -hmm. there's less Mm -hmm. intrusion. We've been fighting a lot among ourselves in in this country over both the approach to Brexit and also, you know, the approach to the pandemic. But I think there's, you know, there's life in us yet, which is a good thing, isn't it? Clearly. You know, a lot of the positive side of it has come from the healthcare and technology ends of of business and society. They have shown what can be done and the best of us. And that has provided at least a roadmap out of the pandemic. So it is possible to have unexpected events that you do subsequently find a way of coping with. I think adaptability is a is a true value, isn't it? You know, an ability when something major happens within our lives personally and collectively, an ability to sort of negotiate it and get through. And, 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 and maybe that's something that we'd forgotten because, you know, the generations that went before us, you know, were much more used to kind of awful things, whether they be world wars or widespread illnesses as recently as the sort of last century as well. Maybe, maybe we've refound that sort of stoicism, that, you know, that resilience, which is a, a virtue, isn't it? It comes back to this exceptionalism point, the blitz spirit, if you like. I Mm. think every nation on earth has the capacity to overcome difficulty because every nation on earth has had to do it. I don't know that there's anything essentially British about it or essentially American about it. It's just human nature. 